You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, I'm Freddie Sayers, and this is Unheard. Back in March, everyone's world suddenly changed. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. So on day one of lockdown, we launched Lockdown TV, a place where we could gather experts, scientists, writers, politicians, thinkers, to try to help us understand what was going on in this strange moment and what kind of world we were going to get at the end of it. And now, due to popular demand, here we are in podcast form. Welcome to Lockdown TV. It's the most famous school in the world. Eton College in England has educated over 20 British Prime Ministers, including the current one and the last but one, Princes William and Harry, and a whole bunch of actors that everybody sees on their screens all the time. Uh, One teacher at Eton College will not be returning this term uh, because he's been sacked. Wanting a reason out of my own concern that the duty to uphold independent critical thought and broad-based discussion was being threatened by this attempt to limit the range of ideas that boys can discuss um, purely based on one member of staff finding curriculum content offensive. That seemed to me to be very worrying precedent to set. He's an English teacher, and his name is Will Noland, and he's joining us to tell us all about it from Eton in Berkshire. Hi, Will. Hello, Freddie. So how are you, I guess I should start by saying? This is the first term that you're not teaching, you're not back at at work. How does it feel? I guess the reality of this is beginning to sink in. It certainly is. I miss the classroom already. I think that's my favorite part of the job. And when I'm in the middle of the lesson, I forget that I'm doing it for money. So it's a shame to lose my passion. And you're still there. You're, you're, you're joining us from Eton. So you're still living on campus and I guess running into people and seeing people on the street. Yeah, still seeing colleagues and I can step out of my front door and the pupils are there as well. That's what it's like living on campus. So it's difficult having one foot in and one foot out. Uh, and you've been there for, was it nine years you've been an English teacher there? That's right. Yeah, nine years. So let's tell the story of what actually happened. Uh, it all concerned a video, didn't it? You, you had a YouTube channel um, as part of your teaching materials, which went into detail on poems and was a kind of resource for pupils to use. And then uh, on that channel, one video cropped up that was highly controversial. Um, and that's what's ultimately led to you being sacked. So give us your version. What was the point of that video? Well, if we take it one step back and start with the YouTube channel itself, that was just to help 
not just Eton students, but anybody who might be interested with some resources on poems mainly for GCSE. And I asked for permission from the college for the channel just to make sure it was all okay. And they said, yes, but add a disclaimer to make it clear that this is at an arm's length from Eton and it's not necessarily agreed or authorized by the college. And then when it came to producing that particular video for the school's perspectives course, the aim of which is to present students with controversial, provocative material that they're encouraged to disagree with, the actual lecture itself got cancelled in the context of Eton. And then I left it up on YouTube as a lecture there so that anybody who might want to watch it could make their own minds up, engage with it critically, and then was told to also delete it from YouTube following a complaint from one member of staff that had led to its cancellation at Eton. And I think it's important that it wasn't a complaint from a student, it was a staff member who felt that discussing the ideas might create a hostile environment. So the title of this video is The Patriarchy Paradox. And I guess the first question I should have is, is are they your views? Do, do they represent what you think? Well, all the views in the video are ones that I felt that aren't talked about much. And over the course of the five years at Eton, the kind of points in the video, which are collected from a range of different academic sources and papers, are ones that people tend to shy away from. And I think it's important, nevertheless, to discuss them. And I think if you don't discuss the full range of ideas that boys might encounter online anyway, you actually increase the chances of radicalization and they get the kind of lure of the forbidden. So it's much better to actually discuss things openly and rigorously than it is to push them outside the classroom. And I think that really is in the spirit of the government advice, which is that curriculum content is excluded under law, under the Equality Act. There's no limit to what you can discuss in the schoolroom. But, um, but are they your views? Some are, and some are just deliberately provocative ones that I put in to press some buttons. I think the video overall is probably more hardline Darwinian than my own views, but I think that is something that boys learn about anyway in the context of science lessons. So why not experience some views from evolutionary anthropology and discuss what the merits are? Let's just go into some of the, the quotes of it so people can get a sense of what it was and why people got upset. So essentially it's a defense of the patriarchy or it, I guess it's a challenge of, to the whole concept of a patriarchy. And the, the argument is basically that um, men have had it tougher than women, um, and it's a sort of defence of a, a, a very, what would the word be, kind of primitive vision of masculinity. Is that, would you go along with that? I like the use of the word primitive because I think that one of the starting points of the video is biology and looking at what you can gain from a study of masculinity through that lens. I mean, in terms of sociology, it's almost accepted without saying that patriarchy is merely a social construct. Whereas if you look at the work of evolutionary anthropologists, they'll say, actually, no, this is rooted in biology. And that's a viewpoint that when some people are confronted with, it makes them feel deeply uncomfortable, but it's still important to discuss. So this is kind of, um, this is Jordan Peterson plus plus, I would say. Um, let, let's look at some of the things. So for example, 
without men, 90% of women would die and life expectancy of women would be reduced to under 40 years. I mean, that's one of the sentences in it. I mean, what does that really mean? That was uh, one of the ones that the most upset. And if you look at the description on the YouTube channel with all the references, this is a quotation from Martin von Kreveld, who just puts as a hypothetical scenario, I mean, it's, it's hyperbolic, that um, men have been responsible for much of the hard labor and the advances in civilization, often putting their own lives on the line to achieve this. And if you took that away, and this is a point that Camille Paglia agrees with as well, then civilization simply wouldn't be as it is now. So it's come at the cost of a lot of male blood and sweat as well. I mean, if there were no men, it would be more, it'd be worse than 90% of women dying. It would be the end of humanity, right? That's it. Yep, reproduction would cease. Another claim here, uh, men invented 90% of inventions that have improved women's lives. I mean, the obvious counter argument, I guess, is that women haven't been educated to the, in the same way over all these centuries and haven't been in a scenario where they could make those inventions. Otherwise, they might have come from women. Well, I'm not sure the point is simply that men have done most of the inventing. I think it's that the inventing they have done has also been directed at improving women's lives rather than trying to oppress them. So it's clear that men haven't been trying to keep women down in that sense. There have been some very heroic efforts to try to benefit women. And really, I think that's the main message. It's, I think, damaging for young boys to receive the message that they're part of this centuries-long attempt to oppress women, whereas actually you can look at it in a more balanced manner, I think is healthier as one about cooperation rather than just oppression. And one of the points that I made was that if you look at the fact that suicide is the biggest killer of men and young boys, I think it's between age 18 and 45 even exceeds heart disease. You can contribute to a very negative self-image by only being given one side of the debate. So I think as a, as a corrective to just tilt the seesaw back slightly towards balance, that was the main aim of the video. I mean, you talk about balance and it being healthy for men, young men, to get a balanced perspective. I mean, you take it quite far here. I mean, there's another quote is, um, human women prefer the smell of dominant males and desire men behaving more dominantly when at peak fertility than at other times during their menstrual cycles. This is because ovulation makes women desire a strong protector. So, you know, there's a, there's a kind of implication there that the, um, that women want men to be kind well, of... what's interesting is some of the qualities that are currently termed toxically masculine, like aggression, dominance, stoicism, competitiveness, uh, these are some of the qualities that, according to biologists, are selected for by women in men because they've benefited women over the centuries. And whether or not you like the idea, there's an academic reference for it. And the mere fact that people bridle uh, airing it in discussion I think indicates part of the problem. So the reaction shows why the video was necessary. These are ideas that people just don't often discuss, but are worth discussing. Accompanying that uh, little quote is, a, is an extract from Goodfellas, the movie, 
where um, the guy goes across the street to beat up a neighbor who's been abusive to his wife. Um, and then he comes back and the wife says she was turned on by it. I mean, this is getting quite um, dangerous, isn't it? And a little bit unpleasant, the idea that kind of violence would turn on women. I mean, that's really not what we should be putting in front of 16-year-old boys, is it? Well, to glorify violence would be to suggest that it's somehow admired without justification. But the point of that clip was as a quite visceral illustration of the idea that violence has been justified historically, put in the service of protecting women and children. And I think that's where the points made about traditional masculine virtues and the protector ethos can be very clearly distinguished from toxic masculinity, which is an assertion of masculinity totally independent of that role in service of women and children. And yes, that particular clip from Goodfellas it is quite hard hitting, but any good teacher knows that sometimes you use a scalpel, sometimes you use a sledgehammer. And if you've got boys who are falling asleep in the middle of what is otherwise quite a dryly academic lecture, sometimes a, a film clip to get a point across is just the thing that you need. Another quote, you might think that a real man prizes showing vulnerability and talking about his feelings or wearing rainbow laces, but he can't do that if he's dead. So implication of that, again, it's sort of essentially setting yourself against modern ideas of kind of sensitive um, men. And the rainbow laces reference is clearly a kind of reference to homosexuality or maybe even metrosexuality, if you want to be more generous about it. Um, and you're kind of, you're reasserting a, some sort of much more traditional, perhaps even chauvinistic view of masculinity. Is, is that what you were trying to do? What's interesting about that idea is that it makes clear the, the primacy of the protector role. Because again, like it or not, um, all civilizations have started in, um, started involving success in warfare. And if you can't meet violence with violence, then ultimately you're not going to last long either. And there's no implication that the people wearing the rainbow laces aren't also the ones doing the protecting. I mean, you don't have to look far to see ISIS, for example, throwing homosexuals off buildings. Now, you can't wear your laces. You can't be homosexual if you're dead. And you have to actually defend yourself and your way of life. And some of the people doing that in the armed forces are homosexual. But that baseline of fundamental, I protect myself, that's what that example illustrates. I guess the inclusion of the rainbow laces detail, though, you're in an all-boys school, um, you know, these are teenage boys, um, and obviously there will be gay pupils amongst them. It's not sensitive, is it? It's not, it's not kind, really, because it suggests that, you know, real men are not people wearing rainbow laces, and therefore the gay pupils are not real men in some sense. Well, I had numerous emails from gay old Etonians, gay members of staff as well, saying that they found nothing in the video offensive. And I'd draw your attention to the point again, that there's no implication that the people wearing the rainbow laces aren't also the ones doing the protecting. There are plenty of real examples of that. So in summary then, you, you, you put out this video, we, we, that we've looked at some of the points, but obviously it's controversial. 
Some people would say it's unpleasant. What did you expect to happen when, you, when you, you're teaching at an all-boys school uh, in the current times we live in, and you put out material like that? What did you expect to happen? Well, initially, I asked for another speaker, whether internal or external, to present a counter-argument alongside the one presented in the video, because I thought that would be the best way for students to get the most educational value from it if you could see some back and forth between different viewpoints. Um, that invitation wasn't accepted. So I was then hoping that if the lecture was delivered as a standalone piece, you'd just get a really rigorous response from people because the whole point of the course is that all lectures are disagreed with critically. I knew that no students would just be sitting there taking notes and not coming back at it at all. I was a bit surprised when Initially, the Equality Act was brought up as the justification for cancelling the lecture, because the whole point of that is that curriculum content is excluded. There are no ideas that are off limits, which is why, for example, we can get students reading Mein Kampf and discussing that critically. Did you not think maybe it would be better to wait until you had some counterbalancing video to put alongside it? Because at the moment, I mean, I've looked at the channel, it's lots of quite different material, which is sort of deep dives into individual poems and the like. And then there's this one very carefully crafted lecture, which is very one-sided on the issue of masculinity. I mean, might there have been a better way of approaching this? Well, I think ideally it would have been nice to have someone present alongside and give the counter-argument. But as a standalone polemic, I think it also provides a valuable service because it's very easy to find lots of videos giving the opposite point of view. And indeed, in the course of five years at Eton, boys often hear the other perspective from the other extreme. So that point I made earlier about the seesaw just being having a slight tilt back towards the middle from that video, that's really the main thrust of it. So your, your argument then is that pupils are, are confronted with the alternative argument all the time, um, which is that the patriarchy has existed and that you know, a virtuous sense of modern masculinity should repudiate that, um, and that your video was in some sense to kind of counterbalance what they hear the rest of the time. Is that, is that what you're saying? So that overall they would achieve balance? The regulations require that balance is over time rather than in individual presentations. And the point I'd made to Eton long before the video was made is that I felt like on this topic in particular, balance over time wasn't being provided. So when the call came for lectures for this perspectives course, I suggested why not one on masculinity, giving the other perspective. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That we don't often hear, and it was agreed that was a good idea. And the full video, including all the slides, the text, the video clips, was actually approved by a female master who thought it was a great idea. And the text itself was approved by various other masters too. So we all felt there was a need for this. And I was quite surprised, therefore, when the reaction happened. Tell us about the reaction. What what happened? Cancelled as a result of one complaint. And then after it was cancelled as a lecture at Eton, I left it on YouTube, having uploaded it already before the complaint came in, thinking it might be interesting for people to watch even if I need to disagree with. And then when I was told to also delete it from YouTube, I felt that my duty to uphold Eaton's very long, rich tradition of encouraging independent critical thoughts and having broad-based debate was being uh, called into question. Uh, Why should we stop boys from watching this, even in their own time? People should be allowed to make up their own minds about it. So I said, yes, I'm happy to delete it immediately if you can give me a reason, help me understand what invisible tripwire this has crossed, which slides in particular, which ideas in it are unacceptable. But there was no explanation whatsoever. Um, Just again, the request to delete it. I just said, look, I'm happy to take it down if you'll tell me why. And the reason given ended up being the presence of a disclaimer on the channel. But I was told to put the disclaimer on the channel by the college. 
Now, that seems to me to make no sense. The timeline is quite stunning because I think it was on the Sunday before the lecture was due to go out that the headmaster was notified of the complaint. He then watched the video, immediately took emergency legal action and got legal advice because he was worried about it. And then on that Sunday evening asked you, well, he then cancelled the, the lecture. Um, and then come the Tuesday, he asked you again to remove it from YouTube as well as from the internal kind of network. Um, and you, f you refused. I mean, you, you, told, you told us here on this interview that you said you're happy to if, but the, the reality was you said, you said no. Your, your boss, the headmaster, says, take this down. And you said no. And then he said, take it down again. And you still said no. I think it was four emails he sent you saying, asking you to remove it, and you essentially refused. Yeah, without actually saying no at any point. It was just, yes, if you'll help me understand what the problem with it is, I'll take it down straight away. So just wanting a reason out of my own concern that the duty to uphold independent critical thought and broad-based discussion was being threatened by this attempt to limit the range of ideas that boys can discuss um, purely based on one member of staff finding curriculum content offensive. That seemed to me to be a very worrying precedent to set because what else is going to be cancelled based on one person feeling upset? It's not in the direction of the government's own guidance that curriculum content is exempt. At some point, though, during that process, you must have begun to think, my job is going to be in the balance here because, you know, if the headmaster keeps asking you to do something and you keep flat out, refusing, at some point you must have been thinking, I'm really, I might be sacked over this. Well, I, I knew I was taking a risk, making a stand on a point of principle. But as far as I see it, it's a point of principle that is essential to the identity of the college and also essential to what a liberal education is all about. So there's a sense in which if I'd allowed that, my job already wouldn't have been as valuable to me. I mean, there are people who might say, you stay in it just for the money. But any teacher who's in teaching for the money is very easily bought. And I think that there are more important things than that. And there's a sense in which I'd lost my job even before I was sacked. Seems a bit weird, though, to, to, to put out a video like that as the essence of a liberal education, when uh, the ideas in it are anything but liberal, that it's sort of, uh, you know, harking back to a much more brutal world where men are basically in charge. It doesn't, didn't seem like a liberal video to me. Well, liberal in the sense of freedom to discuss the full range of ideas and being taught how to think rather than what to think. And the idea that someone decides for you before you've even seen it, that there's absolutely nothing you can gain from engaging with the video critically. Uh, seems to me to threaten that tradition, and it's not in the spirit of what Eton has traditionally stood for. The expression "a hill to die on" is seems relevant here. You really, you really picked it, didn't you? I mean, at some point you must have made the decision, and this is what I find so fascinating um, to say. Right, I'm going to risk everything on this. You know, I understand you have five children. You know, this is your job. You've been there for nine years. You're risking an awful lot on this. What brought you to that point? I think watching the way in which debate had been narrowed 
over the last five years or so, particularly on this topic at an all boys school, struck me as slightly strange. And if, if you're an all boys school and you can't have uh, a rigorous open discussion of masculinity as informed by anthropology and psychology, I think something is going wrong. And if the reason for that is that it might upset a member of staff, then you're heading in the safe space direction. And I think that if Eaton can't resist that, which is a threat that is, I, I think it's fair to say, permeating the wider culture, if Eaton can't resist that, then I think very few places have got a chance of doing so. What's interesting about this, though, is it's not really a kind of another outrageous case of kind of woke culture going overboard. It's not like, you know, the college decided to ban you from teaching Othello on race sensitivity grounds or, you know, decided that Lord Byron was too far and off limits. Um, you know, this is a video that you've put together that is offensive, I would say. I mean, it's, it's not the sort of thing that most parents would want their 16-year-olds to be being taught. I understand that you put it in the context of this uh, debating course or this provocative ideas course, but it would seem, I think, quite reasonable to a lot of people that the headmaster didn't want this video being taught to his pupils. Is, it, is that the, the centre of your argument, that you feel the ideas in the video should have been acceptable and that you, you wanted them to be out there? Or is it just the general principle that anything should be able to be said within an education context? Well, I find it strange that if it's so straightforwardly obvious that most parents wouldn't want their children discussing video like this, uh, why have I got so much support from the parental community and from the community of old Etonians as well? And from boys, even those who find the video uncomfortable, all think that they should have been given the chance to engage with it critically. I also think that if it were a case of the ideas in the video alone being somehow beyond the pale, it would have been very easy for the headmaster to tell me it's this slide or that slide or that clip or that cartoon. That just has to go. You cross the line with that one. But instead, I think it was the case that not even one minute of the video was acceptable. That's why no reason was given. There was no sense in which any ideas like this can be discussed. And yet, if you think about the main ideas of the video, that traditional masculinity is about protecting women and children, or the conclusion that masculinity is the antithesis of pedophilia, what's so controversial about those ideas exactly? Who wouldn't want their son learning that, as a man, he's supposed to serve women and children and provide and protect for them? I guess the heart of my question is, You've taken this huge risk, you've had this battle. Do you feel it was more about the masculinity issue? And that what you've seen is that you don't like the way these pupils are being taught their role as men, and you want to make a stand on that issue? Or is it a general sense that sort of politically incorrect ideas aren't allowed, and that a line needs to be drawn, and they need to have generally more robust ideas on all sorts of issues? I think the fundamental principle at stake is the idea of balance over time, yes, as being essential to a liberal education. But I think in terms of the specifics of this video, I don't think it's healthy for a boys' school to focus on solely ideas about toxic masculinity 
and present students with that, that viewpoint very forcefully without giving a counterbalance. What have your pupils said to you about it? What sort of uh, communication have you had with them? Or are you now barred from talking to them? Well, the, the boys wrote a letter to school management and then had this presented as an, an open letter that people could sign as a petition, which got over 2,700 signatures. And they made the point that conflict in ideas and robust debate is essential to a genuine education. And I think really that shows that the stand that I took resonated with them. And they were also concerned that one complaint from a member of staff creating a hostile environment threatens something fundamental to the identity of Eton. Are you not worried that they might like it for the wrong reasons, I guess? I mean, they're 14, 15, 16-year-old boys. Here you are presenting this very kind of machismo view of masculinity on your video. You know, women like violence, those kind of ideas. You know, there's a risk, isn't there, that they liked it for the wrong reasons and that it would actually appeal to the kind of teenage masculinity that probably needs to be educated out of them rather than inflamed. Well, there's a, a clear distinction drawn in the video between toxic masculinity and the protector ethos. We've mentioned that already. And I think also it's patronizing to assume that somehow the video is too dangerous for boys to think about for themselves. I think they're all more than capable of engaging with it critically and coming to a, a balanced, sensible view on it. And they all recognize a polemic when they see one as well. And if you don't discuss these ideas, they'll encounter them by themselves anyway online, which I think is more dangerous. So after you were dismissed, you were referred to the teaching body, um, which would consider whether you'd be barred from teaching on the back of this. You referred to them by the school. Well, I wasn't actually referred. The threat has been made to refer me to the teaching regulation agency. Right. I'm not sure whether they're going to follow through on it, but the threat has definitely been made. And I haven't been told that they're not going to. The school also was in touch with the PREVENT programme, uh, which is designed to prevent radicalisation uh, in the UK. Um, and they decided that it wasn't relevant, but they would keep an eye on it. Is that what happened? Well, the school acting on the initial legal advice it sought um, wanted to know whether it could refer the case to PREVENT. And then the local authority designated officer said, no, it doesn't meet that threshold and it doesn't even meet my threshold either. So you deal with it yourself. So those initial concerns were far, far taken out of proportion. They really went for it, basically. I mean, not only were you dismissed, these the other external bodies were either contacted or threatened to be contacted. What future is there now for you? I mean, what, what happens next in the life of Will Noland? Well, I knew that I was going to be investigated for the video, whether I left it up or not. So I left it up so people can actually watch it and see for themselves what's in it. And most people don't actually think it's particularly offensive. Uh, I've had a lot of messages of support from women saying, well done for talking about these issues. People don't talk about them enough. I thought it was really refreshing. So I think anybody who watches the video understands the story of its creation and the context it was aimed at, understands what the point of it was. 
And at the moment, I'm just doing some online tutoring, which I'm really enjoying. You still get the same buzz that I do from the classroom, so that's great. Um, no plans yet uh, to head back into another school, but we'll see what the future holds. Would you, would, would you want that? I mean, do you think, think you could get another teaching job now? We'll see. Um, if I got a sense that it was going to be a similar environment and a similar attempt to shut down debate and stifle the range of ideas that can be explored, then no, I don't think that would be for me. I think it'd be the same problems all over again. But what I really hope is that Eton will think twice in future about stifling debate like this and only presenting one viewpoint of something which needs to be discussed broadly. Do you have any regrets? No, I can't see myself having just either not made the video or deleted the video and then not made the stand that I made. I think this is something that I believe is absolutely fundamental to what an education is supposed to be about. And I think that although it's come at significant personal cost, the future is still going to be exciting. So I'm not looking back wishing I hadn't done it. I mean, I guess the net effect, though, is that those boys you care so much about won't have the benefit of you in their classroom anymore. Um, and, you know, you talk about masculine protector role and all that. You've now got to um, find a new way to support your family and all of that. I mean, the net effect hasn't really been very positive, arguably. But for me personally? Yeah. Well, well either for you it's... or for the boys. Well, I think for the boys, it's been good in that it's called the trajectory of Eton into question and made people reassess what it really stands for and what its identity is. And I think that's true of the old Etonian community as well. And you've got more people now taking an interest in exactly what is happening and where it's heading. So I think that's all positive. And for me personally, yes, it's presented some challenges, but I think challenge is good for growth and I'm looking forward to it. Final question for you, Will, a little bit of a bigger picture one. These kind of questions of what the boundaries of acceptable speech should be, um, political correctness, how careful institutions need to be, seem to be particularly focused on elite institutions. And obviously mm -hmm. Eton being such a famously elite institution, also being an all-male institution, I suppose is additionally sensitive uh, and wants to be seen to be progressive on these kind of issues. Do you think that's true? Do you think, do you think this is a, a Ironically, the kind of traditionally um, pa patriarchal institutions um, are actually the ones that are now trying hardest not to be. I think there is some truth in that. I wonder whether it's a case of thinking that appeasement is somehow going to win popularity. And if that's the case, I think that's deeply mistaken. I think that no matter how much ground uh, an institution like Eaton concedes, to the encroaching woke culture. Um, it will never be enough. And before you know it, there'll be statues and paintings coming down. And I think really places need to believe in themselves and say, yes, of course, we're willing to engage with these ideas, but not only these ideas. We still want to ensure that the principle and traditions of debate are upheld. Will Noland, thank you so much for your time and uh, best of luck with the next stage. Thank you very much, Freddie. That was Will Noland, until recently a master, a teacher at Eton College in England. 
um, who has been sacked because a video he put on YouTube, which we will link to at the bottom of this so you can watch it and make up your own mind as to what you think, was deemed too offensive to put in front of the pupils. Thanks to him for his time. Don't forget you can watch all of our podcast interviews on our YouTube channel. Find us under Unheard and make sure to subscribe for all the latest. Thanks for joining. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.